You're listening to the One Pridecast. Hello and welcome to an NFL draft edition of the One Pridecast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. I'm Tori Petrie. And we have our usual guest, Mike O'Hara, on the other line. Mike, so happy to have you back on the podcast today. Well, Tori, it's great to be with you, but no one has ever called me usual. I am unusual. (laughs) (laughs) This is very true. This is very true. That's my bad, Mike. How's your offseason going? Uh, It's going. uh, I think we'll start our real offseason, what, uh, May 2nd when the draft is over and all the wailing and gnashing of teeth and all that. But look, I, I like the draft. I really did start back when I worked at the Detroit News eons ago. I think it's I think it's just it's a gas. And just a little bit just a historical note. Back in those days, you know, it was before the internet and before ESPN and NFL.com and, and DetroitLions.com and really truth be told before there was a Tory Petri. Uh, there was an already <laughs> aging Michael era. But back then we would get more phone calls on draft day from people wanting to know, you know, who the Lions take, who did whoever take any players from Michigan, Michigan State, Wayne State, whatever, we get more calls on that than any other non, uh, non-result, like a baseball score or anything, than anything <laughs> else that year. So it, it goes to show you that the attention has been there, I mean, forever, and now it's been ramped up with, with obviously, with the internet and, and, and almost a 24-7 focus on the draft. Lions fans are passionate about the draft. They yes. care a lot. Well, that they should, is- you know, yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And Mike, you bring up your days at the Detroit News. I have a little something for you this morning. I saw your friend, Dr. Watson, this week, and uh, he he handed me a printout of something that you wrote in the Detroit News at one point in time, and I just wanted to read it to you really quickly. Okay. All right. So this was an article about a Lions loss to what is now the Washington football team. And uh, you wrote at the bottom of the article, you did a Q&A. It was your burning questions. And you said, the, you made the Lions over the Washington football team your best bet. Why? Your answer? I'm reading straight from the page here, Mike. Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, and you agree with that is what you're saying. Right? I, I'm just reading it to you. I'm just reading it in your own words, Mike. Well, as we all know, Dr. Watson, Al Watson, uh, is a dentist over in Dearborn, and he will pay richly for this. (laughs) I love it. No, Mike, uh, it's fun to to get a little uh, piece of Mike's work from the vault and uh, revisit Mike's work from pre-DetroitLions.com days. So, Mike, thanks for for playing along with that. But, you know, I don't tell anybody else this, but I don't think you're an idiot, Mike, because I want to hear your take on the NFL draft. I've been keeping up with your mock drafts that you've been doing and who you've been selecting uh, for the Lions. So, Mike, I just want to kind of uh, take the temperature of of where you feel like the NFL draft is at right now and and what you feel like the Lions are looking for. Well, I think, you know, Teddy Bruschi, the best known as his days as a linebacker with the uh, New England Patriots, I think he was on three Super Bowl teams. And he was on one of the shows last week, and he said, this is the smokescreen season. And, <laughs> it is. And he's right about that. And he also made two other points that I had never, had never heard anybody put it exactly that way. But he said, the only two times when the front office is telling the truth is in free agency when they sign the check and then the draft when they take you. Don't believe anything else. Now, <laughs> there are some things in this draft that we can ultimately believe. And number one is that Trevor Lawrence of, uh, of Clemson is going to be the first pick for Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Look, he's been anointed in that spot since he was about 11 years old. That's, you know, <laughs> he was just on a track, and deservingly so. You know, he's 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 not just hype. He's production. He's he's all of that. He's potential, and he's one of those players who really might be uh, the face of the National Football League, or at least the Jacksonville Jaguars in years to come. And you know, look, every every year, and this kind of gets to me. We have a generational talent. What is a generation anymore? Is it a year? To me, it's at least. At least make it two years, okay, before we get into this generational talk. But everything I've seen about him and everything I've read about him is it, 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 he's the real deal. Then after that, I, I think there's it, it's a quarterback-driven league. And this year, more than any I can remember, at least at the top of the draft, the first eight to ten picks, it's a quarterback-driven uh, draft. And we could have we could have five quarterbacks go off the board in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, the first 10 picks. Now in my mock draft, that's going to come out uh, next week. My final draft mock seven, 4.0. I don't think I'll have five quarterbacks in the top seven, but ah. I still have, I still, I still have time to think about that, but it really is a quarterback driven draft in every way, both in who's going to go off the board and what we've been talking about since like last November. Absolutely. I'm, I'm interested in what this mock draft 4.0 will be because you do have a lot of quarterbacks coming off the board uh, before the Lions select at number seven in your mock draft 3.0. So before before we go any further into, you know, who you've got the Lions taking in your mock draft at number seven, let's talk quarterbacks. How likely is it that the Lions are in the quarterback market in this year's draft? I, I don't think it's out of out of question. You know, if, if there's a player there, if there's a quarterback there that they really, really like, then take him because you know, he, he, it, look, I think that uh, Jared Goff is going to be the, the starting quarterback on opening day, and then it's a question of, <clears throat> excuse me, how long he can hold the job. That's, that's that that's pro football. It really is. I've seen, look, you, you see Eli Manning he didn't start as a rookie, took over week five, six, seven for Kurt Warner, and was the quarterback the rest of his career. Until until the very last year when he got replaced and then retired. So you know that's just that's the way the game goes. Guys get benched eventually. They get replaced. You know there are replaceable parts for every position, including the all-time great quarter, quarterbacks. I've seen it happen to Joe Namath. I've seen it happen to John Unitas. I've seen it happen uh, to uh, to uh, uh, Montana. All of these guys eventually get replaced. Very few just walk out and and are starters from the start of their career to the end. Absolutely. So there are a lot of teams that are looking for quarterbacks this year. Uh, could the Lions be one of them? We'll see. Mike, my general opinion is that, like you said, it depends on how you feel about this particular quarterback draft. But I feel like you really uh, set yourself up to not have to take a quarterback by trading for Jared Goff and getting Jared Goff back in that Matthew Stafford trade. So if you like next year's quarterback class better or the year after that, you've got some time. So you've you've allowed yourself that kind that kind of pad. Yeah, and I think the fans look at it and sometimes in the media too that the Detroit Lions are not in a win now mode. But when the when look in the first or second Sunday in September starts, every player on every coaching staff is in a win now mode. From week to week, from I mean, from play to play to week to week to month to month until it's over. So they, you know, they're not thinking about, you know, uh, week 17 and then the season or, or game 17 and the season ends. You know, now the reality is that the Detroit Lions are in a re, you want to call it rebuilding, restructuring, retooling, whatever. Then call it whatever you want, but they certainly don't. If you look at the over/under totals, 
on, on, on games projected to win and from Las Vegas a couple came out a couple of weeks ago. They're projected to win five games. You know, you can you can bet that they'll win more. You can bet that they'll win less. But that's it. And that's, I don't think that's unrealistic. And but it can change. You know, with maybe a couple of players play better than you expected, and a couple of teams play worse than expected. But really, this is a team that's laying a foundation. And you can, just the moves the Lions have made in the off season. First of all, starting with the big one on January 30th when they traded Matthew Stafford and then the way they attacked the free agency too. They have no big contracts. They're not tied to anybody. All those play, all the players except one, and that's what Jamal Williams, the running back from Green Bay, I think were signed to one-year deals. Those are prove-it deals. And the players have a chance to enhance their position with the Detroit Lions or not and move on. That's so... But, but I think it's a smart thing to do that what Brad Holmes and his staff have done in assembling their, you know, putting together their first roster here. Don't get tied to anything that you don't want. Well, we'll see if a quarterback is something that they're looking for in this draft. But, you know, Mike, there's a consensus top four quarterbacks. And, you know, the order of those top four have been debated and will be debated all the way up until the draft starts at 8 p.m. on Thursday night of next week. And I'd add one thing until they all retire, too. (laughs) This is true. This is very true. There's no no grace period for a quarterback. It's a play-by-play thing, man. Well, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, obviously the consensus number one. I don't think many people are debating that. I mean, no. I think it's so firm that it was funny to me. You know, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence just got married uh, in these last couple of weeks, and Jaguars fans bought gifts for him off of his registry, and he tweeted, you know, hey, thanks, Jaguars fans, really appreciate it. In return, I'm donating uh, money to, uh, you know, a charity. And then he also said, I hope to be uh, playing for you guys guys soon and you don't usually see uh, the projected top pick talk about where he's going but I, I did think that was interesting the Trevor well, that's, Lawrence yeah, that's pretty cool yeah and, and I think Jacksonville's they, they haven't had an awful lot of success lately or really at all if you really want to get down to it since they came into the league in 1995 but but uh, they're really invested in that team that's a really it's a passionate uh, uh, fan base maybe in some ways even more so than the Miami Dolphins at least in the last 20-25 years it's I think they've kind of gotten lost down there and down there in South Beach with everything else that's going on. But good for him. But look, I think look, I think the first three picks are, are locks to be quarterbacks. You know, Trevor Lawrence first of all to Jacksonville, then Zach uh, Zach Wilson to the Jets, and then the third one to me I think is more up in the air than we might think. Everybody because of the trade the San Francisco 49ers made to move down to the third pick there and gave up a couple of first round draft picks assuming that it's going to be Mac Jones of Alabama. You know, I'm not so sure about that myself. I, I think, I think that Justin Fields, what he did at Ohio state, I mean, and the athletic ability that he brings to it, I think they've got to think that over. I really, no, I'm not saying they're not thinking it over, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sold that it's going to be, be Mac, be uh, Mac Jones to, to, uh, excuse me, to the 49ers. I mean, look, he had a terrific career at Alabama, career at Alabama, but, just go back five years. Which quarterback hasn't had a great career at Alabama? They all do because they're playing with a stacked deck. This is true. This is true. And you have the 49ers taking Justin Fields in your mock draft. But, Mike? Not, not so fast. I'm thinking that over. Oh, got, you're thinking I've, it over. I've got Matt Jones and Justin Fields side by side now. Look, I had a different <laughs> pick before the before the trade was made. But, but you know, like I said, etched in granite will be out, be out shortly. And, I, and I'm really torn between Jones and, and, and fields. I really am. 
Okay. Well, I'm referring specifically to the one that's already out, which is your mock draft 3.0. And currently, it's Justin Fields. That could change. (laughs) But, Mike, when you look around the league at different mock drafts around the league, I have seen so many mock drafts predicting the Lions taking Justin Fields at number seven. I don't, I don't see that, but some things have to happen before then too. Like Atlanta, which way are they going to go? I could see it. I could see them taking Trey Lance, uh, the young quarterback from all the, all the rookies are young quarterbacks, but Trey Lance from, uh, from North Dakota state, part of the country I'm partial to. My sister used to live there and I was raised in part of me was in South Dakota. So let's hear a cheer for the Dakotas. We don't get many. Uh, it's not Florida. <laughs> it's not Florida. Let's put it that way. But it, but Atlanta, I think, you know, they really have a key to what's going on after that. And, and you know, are they going to trade down? Could, are they going to take Trey Lance? They could be could develop a quarterback uh, for the future. Uh, Kyle Pitts from, from Florida, the absolute freakish athlete. And I don't, when I say freakish, I don't mean that in any bad way at all. Just I'm talking about, right. you know, one of almost, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's dictionary definition unique, one of a kind, but he's doggone close to it. Uh, 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 Jamar Chase of LSU, the great, uh, really a terrific wide receiver. It's it's that that's a tough call there, and and, and you know it's it's one that really it, it's really sort of the key to what goes on after that. Yeah, I mean you've got boom, 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 boom quarterbacks. all straight through the first four picks in your mock draft 3.0. So it will be interesting to see how quickly these quarterbacks come off of the board, uh, you know, when it comes time for the draft. But then let's go down a little bit to picks five and six with the Bengals and the Dolphins right now. You've got the Bengals taking another guy that's very popular for the Lions in mock drafts, and that's offensive lineman Panay Sewell. Yeah, I think he would just absolutely fit the Detroit Lions. I got a good friend down in Cincinnati who works for for the Bengals website, CincinnatiBengals.com, and he's been on Penny Sewell since since before there was a penny, before there were real pennies. <laughs> but he's uh, and and he's 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 really plugged into what's going on down there. Uh, and so I, I I think there's two ways to go, you know, with that pick for, for the Bengals. Obviously, if you want to get a wide receiver for your young quarterback, Joe Burrow. Well, then you get them, you give them Jamar Chase of, of LSU, who they played together two years ago, or do you want to protect them? Then you get the best offensive lineman on the board. Then it's, then, then it would be Penny Sewell. And if you're the Detroit Lions and somehow he, they don't take Penny Sewell, then I'm standing right next to the podium while, while the uh, Dolphins are making the next pick and handing the card to him with one second elapsed as soon as it's my turn. I'm t- t- taking no <laughs> chances, no risk. In fact, Brad Holmes, I'll do it for you. Okay, I'll stand there. My entry, my entry into being the executive of the National Football League football team. Okay, I'll do it for you. But that's how strong I am on 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 on, on uh, Penny. I love it. I love it, and I would love to see that, Mike. Quite honestly. <laughs> well, we'll find out if he's off the board or not. He's definitely someone that a lot of people have their eye on this year. And they should. They should. Yeah. Let's go to the Dolphins at pick number six. You've got them taking Kyle Pitts out of Florida. He's a tight end, but so many people talk about how this guy is really more than just your basic tight end. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, Tori, if, if, if the Dolphins make another trade. They seem to have been enamored of moving around the board. They had the third pick to begin with, moved up to 12 in a deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then moved back to six where they are right now. And look, I it, to me, it's one of two things. It's, it's either... Kyle Pitts if he's on the board or it's Chase if he isn't 
And if neither one of those things happen, then I'd be absolute. But I think one of the, one of those two things will will happen for them. And I think their I think their dream pick really is Kyle Pitts. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they made another trade down to uh, to four with Atlanta just to move down two picks and take Kyle Pitts. That would not surprise me at all. BetMGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions, invites fans to stay in the action during the football offseason with a risk-free first bet up to $600. Sign up today with bonus code LIONS and discover everything the king of sportsbooks has to offer. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code LIONS to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. All right, now here we are at pick number seven, the Detroit Lions. Mike O'Hara in his mock draft 3.0 has the Lions selecting wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU. Walk me through why you chose that, Mike. Well, I just think that uh, just a a terrific ball player, really. Just, you know, the the, the Detroit Lions are really kind of – or what once was a strength just a couple of years ago. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a vacant position, but it's certainly unproven wide receiver. And Jamar Chase would really would really elevate that group. I mean, look, you know, they've, they've signed a couple of free agents and they all have the same, you know, it's basic, the same basic qualities. The guys that they've signed, they're big, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, good hands and they can run, but they're no, they, they really haven't added a number one receiver to that group yet. And they could get one in the draft. However, if there's an offensive tackle who's worth taking there, to me, that's what I would do because it really would, it wouldn't complete the offensive line, but it would come about as close as you can in this era of free agency because from left, from center to left tackle right now, Detroit Lions are about as good as anybody in the league. You know, with Frank Rag now at center, Jonah ja- uh, Jonah Jackson from uh, a third round pick last year from Ohio State at left guard, and then Taylor Decker, the left tackle from Ohio State, going into his sixth year. That is a solid, solid group. You know, with a Pro Bowl center who's going to be a you know, he's going to be an all pro the rest of his career. Now he's already got his foot in the door. And so if you added a, a, an offensive lineman on the right side, whether they played guard or tackle, and, and, and I think, I think Penny Sewell could do both, then I think you would just, you would complete that unit. So like I'm saying again, if he's there, that's my guy. If he's not go to a wide receiver. And then the other option of course is to trade down. And I think, I think that that's that is not as unlikely as it has been in previous drafts. You know, now Bob Quinn, the former general manager. Look, I think he did a lot of good things here. Might be a minority opinion, and he traded a lot and traded down a lot, but really not in the first round. He really didn't do that. That was all those you know, a lot of the deals he made. You know, were second, third, fourth round stuff like that. And he added, you know, he added some, you know, some players and added some depth. But this would be this would be a bold move to move down, and, and I think there's an opportunity to do that. The only issue to me is how far down do you trade? And you know, there are only so many blue chip athletes available. And, and the further you get down to the red chips, and they're, they're good players, but they don't have this. You know, obviously, they don't have the same athletic skill, or they'd be drafted earlier. So I'm I'm really leery of how far I would go down. All right, Mike. I got to tell you, it's not etched in stone. But we do our picks on DetroitLions.com ahead of the draft. Our managing editor, Lindsay Miller, kind of puts these together. We submit them to her. And I have to admit to you, I haven't written it in stone yet, but Jamar Chase is my front runner right now. I thank uh, Lindsay for giving me a little leeway on this one. I didn't pick a player. I picked a position. I said in my, my, in my ah. mock, media mock there, it's offensive tackle. And 
if Penny Sewell's not there, then I'm taking the next best offensive tackle. My second pick would be, of course, the offensive tackle from Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. I mean, what a player. There's a couple of people in there and, and, and uh, who have him rated ahead of ahead of Penny Sewell. Now, look, it's it's probably, you know, 56 to 3 or something like that, the margin of in favor in uh, Penny Sewell. But this kid is a t- terrific player. He's a top 10 prospect. And I think... You know, he ran a sub 4.940 in his pro day workout. He's smart. He's he's a little a little different build than the prototypical offensive tackle in the National Football League. He's just a shade under 6'4 and weighs about 303 pounds, but very, very athletic. And I think he would fit over there on the right side. When you really look at it in this day and age, I mean, look, I understand that left tackle is the is the premier position, the prime position on the offensive line. But the way teams are, are putting their defenses together, you're getting a pass pressure now, a guy who can really split the gaps on the right side, defensive left, offensive right. And that if you get a player like uh, like Slater, you could really elevate that position. And then the Lions could figure out what they do with, you know, with their with their right guard position. Or maybe Slater could move to guard and and Big Vitae, uh, who had just a very disappointing year last year, they talked about trying him at guard he's played that position before maybe he moves to tackle but whatever you've got five across right there if if, if Vitae comes comes through the way they thought he would last year before he hurt his foot then you've really got a good offensive line becomes one of the top four or five in the National Football League. Mike I, I respect it because I think you're right that the offensive line is certainly an area of need and there are some really good offensive lineman high in this draft this year but I just feel like you're cheating the system by p- picking a position in Lindsay's mock draft <laughs> well you know what I don't mind being accused of being a cheater okay <laughs> as I've always said all, all people are created equal the trick is to overcome it <laughs> I love it Mike well we'll see who ends up being right but I am admitting to you that right now I'm leaning towards wide receiver as my pick and I'm thinking I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase we'll find uh, out don't hold me to that because I might end up changing my mind before I submit it but right now that's what I'm leaning towards well you know and that's a good pick too I don't look I don't think the Lions can unless they did something completely crazy and there's no history that that that, that Brad Holmes would do that I don't think they can lose the only way they could lose out on this is after the pick and if a player develops an injury or something like that look that that can happen to players once they you know once they get into the national and they start practicing and playing sure injuries can derail careers it happens all the time but i think the lions have a lot of uh, have a lot of good things that they can do in the draft whether it's what position they take wide receiver the good offensive line good trade down good add add picks all right i think they've got a lot of good options and i think they probably got this thought through pretty well all right, so usually we do Mike's pick of the week presented by MGM Grand Detroit, the king of sports books. Obviously, there's no games to pick as we usually have you pick. We've talked through your mock draft. We've talked through what you might choose uh, for Lindsay's draft selections when we do these on the website. So, Mike, are you telling me that your pick of the week would probably be Pinay Sewell? Uh, am I putting any chips on this? Yeah, tell me. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh... If he's there, I'm going to give you a, if he's there, I would, I would put out one white, one red, one black, one green, one purple, and one gold. That's everything wow. from, a, that's everything from a dollar to $2,000. <laughs> that's how confident I am that it's Penny Sewell if he's there. Okay. It's something like $2,600 and change. And you know what? I just sprinkle the chip that change around and give it to the <laughs> cocktail waitress. Okay. 
I love well, how was... elaborate your picks get. <laughs> I sort of, I enjoy talking about gambling. I really do. <laughs> Well, we appreciate MGM Grand Detroit for being our presenting sponsor here on the podcast. Uh, I love hearing from you, Mike, on on your pick. But before I let you go, we've talked all about what the Lions might do in that first round. Uh, help us understand what you think they might be targeting in in the rounds after. Maybe not as much players, but just positions we should keep an eye on. Well, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up because people seem to think the draft is over after the first round. No, it's just starting. You know, and and. Uh, you know, we did a lot of stuff on Zoom last year because of just the way things broke and all that. And I remember telling uh, Tim Twentyman uh, after the first round, I says, and he knew, look, I was high on DeAndre Swift, the running back from Georgia, and the Lions had the third pick in the second round. I said, Tim, if I'm if I'm uh, uh, Bob Quinn, I'm trading up to get the first pick in the second round to take Swift. Well, they didn't have to do it, but that's who they that's who they ended up taking. And then I kind of left left Quinn to his own on his own the rest of the draft. I thought he could handle that himself. He didn't really need as much of my help as I thought he needed on the second pick. But the same thing is that's you get good players in there. Look, uh, uh, Kenny Galladay, a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver in the bottom of the third round. You go back, you know, in years past, they've gotten guys like Cliff Averill, a pass rushing absolute pass rush star from Purdue, deep in the third round. And you can do it again. I look. There's a linebacker. Uh, Nick, it's Nick Bolton. He's he's rated around that. You know, the Lions have the 41st pick in the second round. He's kind of rated around in that position somewhere in there. There's a Rashad Bateman of, of of Minnesota, probably you know bottom of the first round, probably gone when the Lions get get a chance to pick in the in the second round. But somebody like that. Uh, there's what Rondell Moore of Purdue, a little smaller, but really a playmaker, a kid who can really you know hit a gap and go. It might be there at that position, but it, you know you, you can get good wide receivers, really in the first round, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and even in in free agency. So keep keep your eye on on the Lions switching to defense in the second, third, and fourth rounds, but also keep an eye out for a, a wide receiver who can really add something to that offense. All right, good stuff, Mike. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the podcast today. I appreciate you. Uh, pleasure was all mine. You can bet on it. <laughs> And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to the One Pride cast presented by MGM Grand Detroit. BetMGM, an official partner of the Detroit Lions, invites fans to stay in the action during the football offseason with a risk-free first bet up to $600. Sign up today with bonus code LIONS and discover everything the king of sportsbooks has to offer. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code LIONS to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons.